Hi beautiful soul, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast and this is an audio only podcast just so you know. It's the Sovereignty series and I'm really passionately um, infused with purpose to speak to you about this really important subject that is in the collective conscious right now around what's going on over the seas from Europe, um, the other, other side, west of the Atlantic, north of the equator, <laughs> around the, the supposed legislation. And again, there's an enormous difference between legalities and law. In fact, there's a whole hierarchy of law. And what's really being discussed is this very manipulative complex distracting quagmire of mandates things that can't actually be policed um and big blanket attempts to completely overthrow feminine power feminine right path feminine <clears throat> ability to express herself and even i i don't even want to speak directly to the word abortion I don't want to speak directly to the word rights because what we're really talking about here or rather what we should be talking about here is the power of women the power of the womb the power of women to connect with each other and support each other and hopefully the power of men to have an appropriate relational force to the feminine power that allows her power to flourish. <clears throat> the first thing I want to pick up on here is that without getting into the real polemic of it, which is not helpful to anyone and is not what the real issue is, I want to go to the real the root of the issue, the womb, and the woman's co-creative divine ability to bring life to fruition, to both draw in the co-creative spark, the zinc spark, draw in, know her cycles well enough to <clears throat> be in the right place at the right time, making love and be receptive enough that she can actually hold a, a creative co-conception and that the divine spark will come in, not just come in, but hold and then develop into this human life. The, the fact that modern life is so distorted and pushes, in particular, pushes women outside of their natural cycles and outside of their natural purpose. And I don't mean that women are just made for making babies. I mean that women's very nature and purpose is suppressed in multiple different ways and not least of, of which we are very heavily conditioned and forced in many ways if we don't force back if we don't kick back against it we're forced into these rhythms cycles of consumption and very minimal very one-dimensional ways of expressing ourselves in the world through fashion <laughs> etc social media in inverted commas which isn't social or media and so on and forth, so forth, where the feminine is diminished to such a significant level that the average woman, in inverted commas, is 
I, just like a shadow of what a woman can and should be, essentially. And I don't mean that as a further diminishment of the women and of the average women. I just mean it as a, a, a statement of fact in that the average woman who's been brought up through the mainstream and conditioned by the mainstream will by default have accepted a diminished state and will have no concept of the fact that her body is a miraculous sacred vessel, that it is in fact the Holy Grail, and that she cannot just create life, but she can also harvest her own energy, self-heal, and birth orgasmically and live an ecstatic symbiotic life not just in herself but as a collective of the feminine the feminine collective and that she can live again it's not a birthright it's a co-creative right it's something that comes in at the zygote and the zinc spark our right it's it's not a right isn't something that gets handed to us from somebody else that's a right with a small r. A right <laughs> is the right path, it is the way. And again, I'm not getting into a rigid idea of that. I'm just speaking to the absolute truth. The absolute truth, my absolute embodied knowing, is that there is a right way in life and all the other ways are the wrong ways. And the right way is about an embodied, symbiotic, expressive capacity to swim, fly, sail through life. Not with, completely without suffering, but to be to continu continuously be growing and learning and moving forward in the current state of our life and in the, the current rhythms that most people are forced into before they sort of realise there must be more to this, that maybe that's happening younger and younger nowadays. Maybe it isn't. I think it is. The average woman, the average womb, as it were, and again, I'm saying average, average, I'm saying like a cross section of a myriad of completely biodiverse people, but folk who are plugged into the mainstream most certainly will, be, can, will have been conditioned to give the power of their body, their mind, for those two things to be at first, to be completely separated, and then the mind to be conditioned into visiting a gynecologist every six months or every year or however however long it is and completely giving authority the title of authorship the ability to author your story to another person if we know anything and we do know a lot about how we condition each other how we become ill how our minds affect water, how we are made up of water, how our thoughts directly affect our body. We can literally manifest illness, manifest symptoms. All the symptoms that grow up in the body, that appear in the body, are the truth. They are simply uh, an external expression of what is internal, what's in the mind, what's in the psyche, what's in the the deeper unexpressed aspects of self, what's been traumatised in our body, like what fear or tension we're contracted into. All of this will express in the physical body because that's the way it comes out. It needs to move from the inside outwards. So even pregnancy as a condition as it's treated, the majority of women who are of 
typical birthing age, even that's something I could unpack for freaking weeks and weeks of podcasts. And without going too much into it, I'm just going to say again, the facts, the simple facts are women should not be menopausing. They should not be winding down and becoming infertile. If you look at the statistics, the real statistics and the real truth, I've got no idea what they are, but I guarantee that women are becoming less and less fertile as time goes on because that's what the agenda is. And the more people connect into having someone scrape bits off their cervix, make them disconnect from their womb wisdom, make them feel like pregnancy is something that happens to them rather than them consciously manifesting it and consciously working with the pregnancy. Because of the state we're in about our women, how detached we are from comprehending our womb to be a divine vessel of manifestation, whether or not you're making a child, it's an absolute, your pelvis is a divine manifestation engine of energy. Um, It's a place where we harvest and have infinite supplies of energy. The universe is literally in our womb and the gateway to the universe, the the cervix shouldn't be bypassed and can't be bypassed and it shouldn't be trespassed either and not only is it being bypassed and trespassed and surveilled and damaged and cut and scraped and burned and and prodded by things that shouldn't be prodding it it's also now supposedly (laughs) because women have been so detached and allowed these things, like welcomed these things in, like I have to check that I'm okay, someone else has to look in there, someone has to look down there and check that it's okay. Not only have we created all these diseases through our neglect of our own women and through our ne- of our own womb and through neglect of self-care, but now we're actually giving it wholesale, like giving it completely away into whole systems of bureaucracy and so-called legislation you know the right to read something or write something and make it because it's set in words and set on paper or set into pixels it's real like this is again it's about authority and authorship and allowing like if you allow you me I if I allow anything external to me to come between me and my womb, what is really going on there? It means that there's some interference between me and my womb. If I'm not talking directly with my womb, not even in a two-way dialogue, but if I'm not holistically one with my womb, if I'm not psychically completely awake to my womb, then whatever's going on in there is going to be, there's going to be some sort of interference and distortion The only thing that's true and right and real and my right, my right to life, my right path, the way, is me being whole and being one whilst also being part of a symbiotic larger one and being in complete harmony and flow and growth and evolution and expansion and enlightenment. But of course, we're not, our conventional life isn't set up for that. So the majority of women who are getting pregnant, if they can get pregnant, the few that can, frankly, are going to be so psyched out by it being the wrong time, it not being convenient financially, their partner not being into it. Men are so detached from the whole act of creation, co-creation, that they're very often focused on their own goals and they can't hold space for that if the woman suddenly spontaneously becomes pregnant 
they're like they want it switched off they want it sorted out and it's just at this point I want to be really clear like this has happened to me twice in my life in my adult life I have been pregnant and it's actually more complex than that I've actually been pregnant multiple times but had a cycle of conception and then immediate release and conception and immediate release or or relatively soon release um but these two specific times that I've been pregnant and both time the partner that I've been with has been essentially dead against it and in denial of it and and basically commanding me that I have to get rid of it and the first time was tragic and desperate enough I was in a very difficult situation where I couldn't even speak to my family about it because I didn't have a home phone all the public phones were on busy junctions and traffic in London at the time doesn't seem to slow down even at night um so I was disconnected enough from my own body to be pulled into the whole conveyor belt that is unwanted pregnancy and to go into that whole realm of what is commonly called ter- uh, medical termination or abortion and I just I want to sit on that word for a moment and just you know press the point of that word that this is such a powerful word in so many different degrees and I want to take it apart a little bit here because I think that really helps everything else to settle around it people getting fixated on this word and on the activity many might be people who've never had an abortion or never had a termination a medical termination of pregnancy and the reality depending on the stage of the pregnancy the the psyche around what's actually going on at that stage of the pregnancy and what a conventional doctor will tell you about it what cultural or society lore will tell you about it the reality of what it really is within the woman is whatever's going on it's an extension of the woman's psyche it's not an extension like an extra added on built thing added on it's an expansion of her psyche it's an expansion of her purpose an expansion of her being into the fullness and ripeness of what her natural being is if that's happening at a time where a she hasn't resolved major major trauma like pelvic trauma sexual abuse or she's in a b in a very difficult financial situation where she's striving physically and can't even entertain the idea or the the chaos and the health consequences that would ensue of trying to push oneself through a pregnancy at at a point where one is barely coping with life basically and one one is physically mentally emotionally strained to the nth degree of what one has a capacity to actually do it's a kind of in that context when one is in the mainstream and one is completely um isolated and isolated from one's own body it it makes perfect sense to go and get an abortion essentially it makes perfect sense on not even for those reasons there might have been horrendous relationship problems there might be violence in the relationship against the woman it might not it might just not just feel safe but it might be actually not be physically safe it might really not be safe 
to be bringing a child into the relationship situation either because the man is dangerous or because the relationship is completely volatile or because the relationship isn't like there isn't a stability in it that the man isn't present he's not going to be there um which was my situation um when i was pregnant in south london in 1996 i think um my first port of call was going to the doctor and asking for help like i'm desperate i can barely hold a job down because i'm so physically exhausted and mentally exhausted living in a metropolis can be a little wearing on the spirit and we can barely afford to pay rent in fact i think we were overdue rent and the rent was just such a high price that it was just crazy to imagine being able to pay it every month and then like how could you bring a child into that there's just, we've got nothing we'll end up homeless and we won't be able to feed the child we can barely feed ourselves and but I physically can't do it. I physically, mentally, emotionally cannot do it. I'm absolutely exhausted with life at this age in my early 20s, mid-20s. I physically cannot do it. So my first choice, of course, with the logical thing, <clears throat> was to speak to the doctor about it and then get on that conveyor belt of going through the process of waiting for, waiting for fucking weeks as I grew progressively more pregnant and I don't I probably have the records somewhere if I haven't burnt them um but I'm sure I was more than two and a half months pregnant I was certainly beginning to lactate and feeling very pregnant and I was off work because I was extremely unwell um I was very very nervous very deeply anxious about my future because now I wasn't working I got some credit either from the work or benefits or something <clears throat> but I was locked into this situation where I didn't have access to fucking fresh air <laughs> never mind grass under my feet never mind woods and beaches and I was in the middle of this metropolis and this like life wrung out of me and of course, I was a prime candidate for getting snatched into the system and onto this conveyor belt. And the, and the conveyor belt was, you know, you go to the doctor, if you can't cope with the pregnancy, you, you go through this conversation with them, then you have a right to this kind of a termination or that kind of a termination. And I chose, because I was a further ahead in the pregnancy, um, I chose to have a medical termination and the surrealness of what I went through and the fact that I, they allowed me to walk home from the clinic, the Mary Stokes clinic that I was at, because we did, we lived about a mile up the road, but I was walking home barely out of anaesthetic after having life chopped up inside my womb and having had my womb forced open and my cervix violated and this violence done inside of me and walking up like the busiest of main roads at that time like the whole symbolism of it all. I remember sitting before I left the building, sitting in the the sort of waking up room once you get out your bed and you're able to barely stand up, you know, you're into a waiting room, an ex-waiting room after the event. And that was one of the most, like the only precious moments of actual recognition. Like I really wanted to sit in a circle with these women 
and just ball it out and and get my whole life trauma out in that moment and I should have been able to do that there should have been some process of holding space for after the event like somebody holding space but instead it's so symbolic of what the system is instead I was like up and out grab my bag and heading out the door I mean at least my partner came to meet me but bloody hell like I just want to say about the the horror of what that was. There were a couple of other women there who it was their second termination of pregnancy. They maybe had other kids or a, a big family and they couldn't have another child and they were quite matter of fact of it. And actually just hearing them saying their different experiences, drinking a cup of tea with them was incredibly, incredibly wholesome. Like it made me feel safer then I was out walking down a driveway onto a main road like a super busy main road just like wall-to-wall traffic tooting horns petrol fumes freaking really aggressive looking people swaggering up and down the walkways just yeah a couple of trees on the left which was something but I remember feeling such a flow of blood coming out of my body as I was walking, obviously the walking, the pain was unbelievable. Like the pain was phenomenal. And the effects of the anaesthetic were wearing off more significantly. I think we'd been, I don't know, we're probably given a prescription or something to go to the pharmacy, which was probably close, close for lunch or something. You know, just these things that are, everything is just so out of rhythm. Everything is so wrong like that I, the woman just falls through the cracks because nothing is picking her up. Nothing is holding her. The things that she needs to hold her, the things that she really needs, the wisdom that I was missing at that time, which I then, like, because this was such a dark, horrific, horrific experience that it took me years, if not years, then decades to get over. It's an utterly barbaric on every level to the mind, body, psyche, obviously to the fetus to the child that is growing inside us, but to the the mind-body-spirit of the woman, of everyone around her. My relationship was in tatters, even walking out the building, the clinic, and walking up the road. My, my relationship was ruined by then. I was just like, there was so much going on inside me, boiling up. I was utterly terrified. I was utterly traumatised. I needed to get home. I needed to be carried, physically carried home. And I was walking up the street, And the act of walking was causing huge amounts of fetal tissue, blood, womb lining to exit from my pelvis. And it was, the pain was like completely indescribable. And I I remember sitting down on a little low wall and being so, like, I felt white. I felt like my whole body had had the life drained out of it. And it had done, I've just participated in an extremely dark, satanic torture experience and my child had been taken from me and I had no fucking idea no idea and I didn't even think of it at the time where the material that had been taken from me the life that had been taken from me where it has gone what state it was in what it looked like what the consistency of it was I had no way of reconnecting with it. I'd been put out, was asleep, and I woke up in a bed, had no idea where I was, found it very hard to make the transition from being under to being over, being awake again, out coming out the anaesthetic. 
And I was lying in bed there, utterly distraught as I came to, utterly, utterly distraught. These are just meaningless words right now. I'm expressing some emotion that's coming up through me talking about this because I very rarely talked about it in my life and a lot of women haven't talked about it to this extent to say out loud what it really is, what it really does to one. But I absolutely, not just the termination of pregnancy, but everything before it and everything after, the the lack of hold, the lack of groundedness, the lack of being held, but also the lack of being able to find a holding was so immense. But the barbaricness of it did very much led me to make massive spiritual change in my life, massive U-turn and uh, a huge shift in another direction. And that that was a very positive aspect, certainly, because not again I'm just going to try and come back to the wind back a little bit to like what it is to be in a pregnancy that is not at the right time in one's life and that one cannot see through that the very symptom of that existing an unwanted pregnancy which is a horrible label it's just a complete meaningless label but the very complexity of those kind of labels being put on women's state which is not a state, it's a living, growing reality that she is physically embodying. The fact that there was no information that I really needed at at that time, the only thing I knew how to do was to go to a conventional doctor, speak to them about what my options were, and then to go through this horrendously violent and satanic, frankly, utterly satanic, medical procedure which left me not just separated from the life that had been growing in inside of me, but separate from my own soul and from my own purpose and my own health and my own power of my womb, my cervix, my vagina, my yoni, my pelvis, my legs, my fucking belly, my solar plexus, my heart. Everything was utterly ripped open, utterly ripped apart. And it felt like bits of me were in different parts of the world after that or different dimensions like utterly removed um a friend of my stepmom said shortly after i came back to scotland which we we flitted from london and moved back up north not long after all that um i I also did a load of studies and worked in an organic field in uh, wales and and so on and so forth. I did a lot of really radical things in the next couple of years after that, but then we, we moved back up to the north. Um, <clears throat> and from there, I went into a, a, a very deep dive into healing, spiritual world, much more um, all in, immersing myself in a spiritual path and in my artwork and in soul retrieval, energetic retrieval, healing, catharsis catharsis through my paintings and so on um but basically my dependence on the system that I'd got pulled into for that brief time yes I managed to escape it but I was I was absolutely locked into that that system for about multiple years afterwards until I went off and escaped off to Cyprus in 2001 so that was about 96 97 the end of 90 six start of 97 summer of 97 that had this pregnancy and termination 2001 i escaped to cyprus 2000 2001 
or so. But be between those two times, I was absolutely locked into this. Um, I was dependent on the system. I was unable to work. I was, I don't even know what I was. I can't even describe it. I just had shitloads of symptoms and was completely incapacitated. Um, I, I lived in an organic farm near Wales where I was just working a couple of days a week and just doing really easy work that I could do. Um, but I was mostly very, very anxious, like horrendously anxious, extremely insecure and grasping at, at paths in life, like trying to grasp at something. I was studying, started to study a lot of subjects all at once, um, organics, permaculture, spiritual healing, shiatsu, um, acupressure, um, womb healing, the forbidden pregnancy points, um, got delved very, very deeply, very quickly into womb healing, womb retrieval kind of work. I don't even really know how to describe it because I was just going as deeply and quickly as I could into getting as much information and as much wisdom and as much returning to my belly as I could because I was so separate from self. I was so like like a satellite shot out into space and just rotating the earth that is my body. I was way out there and I I was grasping to find connection again, you know, grasping to put down a, a line, a route, a thread even. Um and yeah, I have to say that that journey went on for years. Not just before I got to Cyprus, but and it wasn't just the terminate of pre termination of pregnancy that pregnancy that caused the problem, but the termination of pregnancy and the immediate after effects of it and the years of trying to trying desperately to bring my life back into a I don't know, a, a semblance of normality, into stability. Um the effects that radiated from the termination or like these waves over years that even though in 2000 and 2001 I, I went to Cyprus and lived there and got all barefoot and Mediterranean about it and got into much more into my nature and into the the true connection with Gaia and Gaia Sophia and Venus and that Venus sensual feminine rooted energy, the freedom of the sea and the waves and the Cypriot culture and yeah, all these beautiful things. I have a, a Cypriot friend living with me just now, staying with me, that um, we're just going back into that now and discussing all that that happened 20 years ago when I was there and how the nature of the land and how it affects our art and so on. But even then, I had all these other layers that um, it wasn't just the termination of pregnancy. There were very serious issues that had gone up in my up, that come along in my upbringing and that were very much more longer term stuff to deal with but the termination in pregnancy if I had not done a bunch of radical shit after I'd had the pregnancy if after the termination if I hadn't done all these studies if I hadn't like thought if I don't immerse myself fully in healing learning growing educating myself finding out what the womb's really for, like where my power is, where my energy is, where my health is. If I don't do this wholly, I will die. I can't live. You know, I have no life force left. My life force has been utterly spent into a thing that has completely taken me off my 
my right path. And even the pregnancy itself from a partner who didn't want to support the pregnancy, who expected me to participate in an extremely violent termination of pregnancy. Even that, you know, that's such a symptom of patriarchy. The man doesn't have a right to tell a woman to terminate a pregnancy. But if a woman is living with a man who has impregnated her and she's there and has no access to support network or wisdom or embodied wisdom and doesn't know where to begin and only has access to a patriarchal medical system and he's telling her, this cannot happen now, I will not support you, I can't support you, I can't be a father then of course it's like, well, the lesser of two evils. Um, and the other evil, like one of the one of the very strong narratives I've had in my life is that I will not have a child until I'm ready to have a child. It's absolutely I'm not gonna do what my parents did to us. Absolutely not even gonna go anywhere near it. I will have a child, even if I'm 50, I will have a child when I am well and strong, clear in my identity, clear in my path set up where I've got a, a really safe roof over my head, food growing in the garden, access to lots of resources, community, everything's on the a living equilibrium. And there's no way I was going to bring a child into my life then, not with a partner who was completely rejecting the idea from the get-go. That just that absolutely was not an option. And then just to fast forward a little to you know, maybe a parallel life that might have happened if I'd had wisdom handed down to me, if I'd had embodied wisdom transmitted to me, if I'd had um, support from a partner to take time out, you know, even financial support. I might have been in a very different position even at that time then I might have been in a very different position even to be a parent I might have been in a different position I might have had a better system of a better awareness of around when I was menstruating and conceiving and ovulating and so on um but fast forwarding to in 20 plus years later the the wisdom that I now have that should have been my my heritage, should have been my inheritance and should be all women's inheritance and should also be men's inheritance. The rightness of that path, would the path would have been much more right and there would have been a right conception, a right gestation and a right birth. The, the, the very necessity for abortion is something that's completely conditional on all these other things in place, they're conditioned on a woman being completely vulnerable, being completely de-educated, like educated in a completely distorted way that doesn't empower her to be well in her body. Traumatised, uh, the, the kind, this kind of a termination can only happen to a woman who is so profoundly traumatised in her pelvis that she's willing to submit to such even more trauma and see it as a solution. Just to simplify this argument or this discussion, there are infinite ways to release a pregnancy that is not not, not, not wanted, but that is not rightly aligned for the well-being of the child or the mother. 
or the father unit, the, the beautiful trinity. That is something that only a mother can, she can take advice from the man or guidance or suggestion. She can even take his very strong emotional outpouring and hold space for him, his catharsis about what he's losing. And they can work that out together. But ultimately, the woman's vessel, the child is a part of her body. The child is not separate from her body. The child is a part of her body from the moment, from the conception, from the the energetic implant, the energetic alchemy of that moment, the waking up of the spark, the explosion, the energetic explosion, the quantum transmission of that moment, that can... That cannot be separated from her. The only way it can be artificially separated from her is through the distorted, tricked separation or the giving the brain the impression of separation by trauma, by contraction, by fear, by tension, by manipulation. And that trauma, fear, manipulation, tension and so on is what the medical systems feed off it's how they feed off women's energy feed off women's not just her energy but like her physical vitality her blood the bodies of her children her womb lining not only does this whole system feed off that but it monetizes that and that's the thing that you know you think oh I'm going to a charity I'm going to the Macmillan things it's it's only going to cost 200 euros I'm getting like a grant from the NHS or whatever to get an abortion the whole conveyor belt the whole system of that the whole symbology is so profoundly not what it says on the tin it's not what it pertains to be and that is Although that is something that if it's available and if that's what certain women who are locked in cities, who don't have access to the wisdom, who don't have the financial capacity to inform themselves or don't have the financial capacity to take time out of the conveyor belt, there are certain situations it might be the the lesser of evil solutions. And I am suggesting that just as bad a solution might be to have a child and give it away, put it into adoption, or to have a child and bring it up in a very insufficient and lacking way, whatever that means, you know, whatever that would have meant when I was 25 or so. And all the mess that was going on in my own head at that time. Um, Again, I don't want to delve too much into that, but... Nobody can know that story. Nobody can know the wholeness. I'm looking back at you know 25 years ago or whatever, 20 or 20 years ago. Sorry, 28 years ago or whatever. At that time. And I have a much greater understanding, a holistic understanding of it now, you know, a true comprehension of, of what happened at the time. And I have resolved a lot of it a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it. But I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I don't think it's a solution. I know it's not a solution. I know that there are million, a million fucking ways to release a pregnancy, not least of which the power of our own mind, 
mantra, manifestation, prayer, making a, a living agreement with the spirit of the child who is already in there and asking them to leave freely and easily, asking them to leave. I know that there are pregnancy points, forbidden pregnancy points, which of course is a fucking stupid label. What they really mean is empowered pregnancy points, points that you can use to flush out your womb effectively, which is a bit of a harsh way of describing it. But, you know, look into that. Um, it's Jean Elizabeth Bloom. Bloom. Um, Woman Heal Thyself. There's a great book around that. Quite old school stuff, but still very solid information. And you can look into the forbidden pregnancy points in shiatsu and acupressure, acupuncture, and make your own sense out of them by knowing that there are points in your body, on your meridians, on certain lines, you know, large intestine four, kidney two, I think it is, or kidney three, four, kidney two, I think, under the sole of your foot. Um, stomach 36, I think it is under the knee. There's like all these points that you can work that will bring, like pull the energy down, just naturally, gently, very subtly, bring your energy down, but very strongly as well, subtly but strongly, like a tide, just pull it down and bring the energy out. And women may do that. That is your, it's not just right. It's not just our right. Like saying it's our right, there's not our right. There's only what's right. And what's right is that a woman should be deeply connected with her body and should be able to control it, not control it in a patriarchal, commanding, pushing, pulling way, but in an absolute mastery way, a beautiful, wise, loving, alchemical mastery way. And in the same way that on some level, I had a sense that I should have been doing that what had been separated from me, what I'd been, what had been imprinted on me by the matriarchal figures in my life, and how distorted those imprints had been. But almost as soon as it has all happened, when I had my my termination of pregnancy and the when I was young, I it immediately ricocheted me towards okay, that was like the very opposite of what I wanted to be doing right now let's go in the complete opposite direction and see what might be right or what might be better or what, what what might be healthy because that certainly wasn't about health. That wasn't about my health. It's not about my freedom. It didn't make me feel better. It wasn't good for the child. I'm like a fetus has been killed. A young child has been killed. And I've participated in that and I have to live with that for the rest of my life. Um. The... The sacred geometry of an event like that is is that it has to be balanced somewhere, like there has to be an equivalent opposing force that when we swing one way, the pendulum swings one way, it's going to swing back the other way. And it did feel like that for a long time. I was just this pe- pendulum, like swinging, swinging back and forth, fairly manically, chaotically, dramatically, tr- moving around a lot, upping and leaving suddenly. Um dramatically um you know even being quite flamboyant or or arrogant about like I'm just going to leave I'm just going to go abroad now I'm just going to come back to Scotland now I'm just going to move cities I think I'll just go to Edinburgh I think I'll go back home to Arran I think I'll go and live in a spiritual community for a while you know just like trying to to claim power in the external world to claim 
that sense of flow and freedom and movement that should be my natural vitality flowing through my body, naturally finding the right place in the world. And really, even though I feel very rooted, very at home here now, I know that there was such damage done that it's taken, you know, I could talk about all the different layers in the following decades, you know, at least two and a half maybe moving towards three decades, all the things that ensued, all the different layers of healing relating to that pivotal dark event in my life. And it can't be separated and made into a bad thing. There's a place for it, just like there might be a place somewhere for murder. That is murder. Therefore, there might be a place for murder. But it's not an optimum solution for anybody and it has massive, fucking massive, universal, epic consequences that for women to disentangle, for a woman to disentangle from that might take the rest of her life, depending on what her path was up to that, but it might take the rest of her life to disentangle from it. Again, the path leading up to it, there's no way I would have, gone and done that procedure ever again in my life because I I saw the monumental negative consequences that came from it but 10 years later 10 whole years later I was in the the almost the exact same conversation where I suddenly found myself pregnant very unexpectedly in a very strong love relationship a very strong soul connection and this man said almost the exact same words. Oh, but this is not the right time. Even though the day before, the day before we had had a conversation about wanting to have children together and him saying, well, possibly in another year or so, you know, once certain things get done in certain projects and get them out of the way and then maybe in a year or so. And I'd been ecstatic about that. This was a very different thing. I wasn't physically disabled or lacking in energy I felt absolutely like powerfully powerfully alive and elated because I'd done a lot of healing work I'd done a lot of physical cleansing a lot of sorting out of my life a lot of resolution of conflict and finding of purpose I'd traveled a lot I'd um, done a lot of projects written a lot of art books drawn a lot of art uh, art books um, painted and created a huge body of artwork. It was teaching, and um, running classes, workshops. It was growing a lot of food on my allotment, doing big visionary projects in the high rise community in Edinburgh. And this partnership seemed like it, this guy I'd been in love with him for ages, and we got together, and it was really powerful stuff. But yep, again, this whole this whole situation reared its head again, and I realised how much. It, 10 years before I hadn't dealt with all this stuff and it was like how could the same thing be happening again how could this even be possible I felt two parts of myself separate in that moment two parts of myself just go split split like I don't know if it was mind and body I don't know if it was two parts of the mind separating I don't know what it was but I just felt like there is something completely split about this and I don't know if it's a division between me and him. I don't know if it's like 
denial of reality. Like you can't just tell a woman that she can't be pregnant. She is pregnant. You have to deal with that situation and you have to refer to her to what she needs and wants. That's all that matters because the woman knows whether this is the right thing or not. She knows whether it's the right thing through her own sentience. And at that time, my body was elated, buzzing, powerful, felt right on every level. But there was this guy sitting in front of me that I was absolutely in love with, completely codependent on. And he was telling me essentially that I can't. And I don't know what, this is the interesting thing about like codependent relationship, disempowered woman, previous trauma, reading its head again. Maybe if I'd just gone away by myself, meditated a bit, sat in the allotment garden, eaten some nice vegetables and organic salads, cycled about a bit, gone back to the island and camped, gone back to Gaia Sophia, prayed to God. Maybe if I'd done all of that, I might have found, found the way again. You know, it might have been the perfect pregnancy. He might have come around later on, which is seemingly something that happens a lot, is that men are completely in denial and ignorance of it and don't want it to happen when they're told about it. And then later on, it's it's like, it's the best thing that's ever happened in their life. Of course it is. But at that time, I did such a reactive, there was a split in my soul, my energetic body. And, <clears throat> and I went into this, like crisis, like inner uh, spiritual crisis, where the only thing that I knew for sure was that I had to keep this relationship, which of course was shouldn't have been something that I actually wanted, but it was something I was locked into and couldn't see an easy way out of, like I couldn't see a solution to that. So all the other things, including the fact that this was a repeating cycle and the fact that my body was saying that I, nevertheless, my body was absolutely saying a resounding yes, like a full-bodied yes to this. <coughs> I psychologically detached in some way and went on autopilot and put all my life force into, okay, this has to be shut down. This pregnancy has to be shut down. It was a much earlier stage in the pre pregnancy, as in, like, conception had happened probably less than two weeks earlier, uh, maybe three or four weeks or so at the most. But in those days, I stayed at his house in Glasgow and... I set my mind to releasing the pregnancy. And again, this is not an ideal solution. This wasn't an ideal solution, but it was absolutely, <clears throat> there was no way I was going to go to a clinic or even speak to a conventional doctor about it. Not just because of what I'd been through before, but I'd also had like 10 years of being treated homeopathically and had some incredible transformative experiences then through that. And I knew that the only way was the holistic way. And I knew that my mind, body and spirit ultimately were under my symbiotic control. And I knew that <clears throat> even if it felt right for me, 
I, I was still deferring my authority to someone else and to an external universe. I was still presuming that I wasn't welcome in the world, presuming that the world was too dangerous to be pregnant in and to have a child in, even though it felt completely right. And I know that I would have found the way. I know now that I would have found the way if it had been right. But I essentially already had the information about the forbidden pregnancy points and the ability to open the womb and release what the contents of the womb essentially. I don't mean to talk to talk about that in a mechanical way or in a sort of transactional way, um, but that's the simplicity of that aspect of the story. I started working my forbidden pregnancy points almost immediately. And I also went on a a walk to the, I think it was the, a Chinese herbal shop shop on Woodlands Road and asked I got various herbs I think Penny Royal was a herb that I used at that time made a very strong Penny Royal tea it's a, a well-known what would be termed an, an abortive or there's another word for it um, that's equally unpleasant um, and probably took a bit too much of that um, I eventually had a miscarriage I don't know, maybe about a few days later, a week later or so, following several days of staying at his flat, going through that process, and then going back to my own flat in Edinburgh and um, working intensively, drinking large cups of this very strong tea. Might have been some raspberry leaf as well. I think there was definitely... I think Penny Royal was a, the main herb I was working with at that time. And again, there are myriad herbs which will work to send the womb into a clearing out process essentially into a releasing process and again the situation that led me to do this to have this induced miscarriage certainly was profoundly preferable to a violent medical satanic abusive torture and damaging of my body and my um, reproductive system I'm using all these terms that are not what I like to use, um, but just to simplify the thing, like make it clear how different the things are. But again, if I had been much more secure in myself, I would have gone away somewhere and found my safe space, regrouped, as it were, <laughs> regrouped, you know, like I'm a group of different characters that have to come back together. But I would have found the space to come together and and unify those two parts of me that were separated that were completely split but again the the split wasn't happening just because a guy was telling me you have to get an abortion and I was like do not use that word with me do not fucking use that word that it, like don't even suggest that don't even talk about that in front of me this is my body and the body is doing this you can't just tell it to violently curtail that activity there are many, many, like, as I say, as I was saying, there are m multiple different ways in which you can encourage and support the body to release, which do not involve cutting, do not involve invasive or surveillance procedures, do not involve registering with anyone, do not involve spending vast amounts of money. I think I spent like seven euros on herbs. Do not involve going somewhere, going into an institution, being certified being medically um, assessed, 
having a doctor writing words about you that are then labelled, like you're then labelled with these words and that can be used against you later. Um, the split that went on in my psyche that at that time wanted to be corrected, like I could feel, I was very conscious that there was a split going on and that, but I feel amazing. I feel like I want to be pregnant. I desperately want to be a mother. I would love to be a mother with you, with this man. Um, but nevertheless, I did the best that I could with what I had and what I found access to at that time, even though I didn't have when I found I was pregnant and he reacted in that way. I didn't immediately say, oh, it's OK, I know what to do. I'm really calm. Was, OK, if you know, I couldn't calmly say, OK, if you know, if you'd really, you know, we'll come to an agreement about it. Let's, you know, it's best not to have the baby right now. You know, we can try again in a few months or so. The emotional thing that I was going through at the time was a huge part of what like what the pregnancy gifted me. And that was something that I could understand in that context much, much better than I could understand 10 years before. 10 years before, there were these layers of shame and fear and terror and anxiety and trauma, physical trauma, mental, emotional trauma from having been wrangled into the system, from having been told these are your options when actually the, the options are always infinite. Never mind the options of going within are always infinite and the options of what you can actually ask the body to do itself are infinite. But the second time I didn't have an immediate um, solution, but I knew where to look. I had some ideas about some herbs that I could use and I went and did some more research about them, knew that I had to be a bit careful with this and that and with dosing and so on. But I, I, got across, I came across that information fairly, relatively quickly. So, the unravelling of what was so wrong, the operation itself that I had in, in 96 or 97 wasn't so wrong, but it wasn't right. That's for sure. It wasn't right. There's nothing right about it, apart from the fact that it's, it helped, in inverted commas, me to not be pregnant. That's all that was right about it. But that's a very small right, very small letters, very faint pencil writing right. That's it's, it's not right. It wasn't right. There was nothing right about it. And really what was right for me was 26 years later, 20 plus years later, being the woman that I am, who is completely in the power of her woman of her womb and knows that she, without even taking a herb, can manifest releasing the womb, can manifest the healthy release of blood each month. Um, again, that aspect of the story is much stronger, and my want to have children right now is a whole other story and is definitely. Um, still rooted in residual indoctrination through trauma and violence that I'm not able to conceive because I'm being punished for what I did before. There's still a whole aspect of that. And this is, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into the whole... There absolutely is a a whole industry that is specifically designed to stop women being fertile, including the jib-jab that's going around, including young women being given 
supposedly vaccines against papillomavirus, which is such a fucking nonsense. Something that's so easily healed naturally with a bit of vaginal steaming, pelvic steaming, sitting over a wee pot of herbs. Very, very simple stuff. Um, and again, yeah, that's another another aspect. Um, steaming, pel pelvic steaming, bringing on the release of the womb. There are specific herbs and practices that you can do, specific protocols you can do for that. Again, it doesn't have to be a protocol. It really should come from the woman's wisdom herself. The most successful releasing of a pregnancy that it is not right at that time, the most successful, harmonious, right way of doing that will always be the woman knowing how her body works and being able to interact with her body in a way that naturally releases not completely effortlessly not completely painlessly but sorry I just want to correct that because I'm totally using the language of that women should be suffering the release of a pregnancy can be as ecstatic as death can be can be as ecstatic as birth can be and it should be also, it should be as ecstatic as the conception was, as ecstatic as the love making, making was. That's what's right. That's what the right is that we should be fighting for. We shouldn't be fighting for this labelled, projected onto mechanical process of birth being an illness and women suffering through birth and women having symptoms because they've got a baby latched onto themselves and women not wanting this baby and having to go through a violent cutting out of the child, like none of that is going to have the, the ongoing positive consequences and the spiritual growth and the continuing health expansion that a woman fully knowing her body, fully knowing her womb, knowing her womb as an alchemical vessel of manifestation including manifesting other human life, <laughs> another human life or multiple human lives, in order to, to know it as that, to know ourselves as that, we have to go into all that's been done wrong to us, all that's been projected into the womb, all that's been manipulated about our relationship between us and womb. Like there is, shouldn't even be a relationship between us and womb. There shouldn't be any contract or friction or difficulty in communication or need to communicate between us and women we should be working as a symbiotic whole at all times we should have an innate knowing and instinct and knowledge of what is right in our body we, sh we should even naturally be able to rub certain parts of our body and support the release we should be able to pray and use our mind and our heartfelt prayer to lovingly release any child that's come in, the child might have come in for two days, might have come in for a week, might have come in for six months and then want to leave. And this is a very hard thing to see, feel, experience in ourselves as women from the polemicised position, from the position of a woman who's completely separate from, separated her mind and her body, from a woman who has allowed an authority, a writer, an author to come between her mind and dictate how her mind should be speaking to her body, even though she knows it's wrong. She knows it's wrong. I knew it was wrong, wrong going to this clinic. I never felt so sick in my life, apart from after my termination of pregnancy, as I did before it, waking up in the morning, morning of it, not being able to eat anything before the operation, 
walking down in the cold morning, walking down to the clinic, never felt so alone in my life, never felt so isolated, so afraid, so knowing I was doing the wrong thing, being put under, feeling like I need to go back. I need to go back somewhere else. I can't do this. I shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. This is so wrong. Resisting getting the mask on my face, not wanting to breathe in the gas, trying to not go to sleep, trying to not go under, and then waking up knowing that something so awful had been done to me. You know, the fact that I've I've got to talk about this, what, 26 years later, the fact that I never talked to my family about this, apart from to say, I've had an abortion and burst into tears. And then everyone pat my back and say, oh, it's all right. And, you know, you'll just come on, cheer up and, you know, come, we'll go and have a pint of beer in the pub and eat some fish and chips and everything will be all right. The the long, slow soul retrieval, energy retrieval, womb retrieval, the the lifelong learning path of delving deep into these practices and nature of herbs and relationship with herbs and symbiotic interbeing with herbs, with plants, with wild food, with the landscape, with land, with our identity as an extension of the land and a symbiotic aspect of the land. Such a long journey, such a long journey. And I, again, I'm really aware that everyone has a completely unique journey. Everyone has a completely unique language, like the women who were like going for a terminational pregnancy in the morning and then in the afternoon, you know, going back to their kids or, or a couple of hours later going back to their kids. Um, you know, I was 20 years fucked from this operation and the consequences of the operation, disastrous relationships, trying to make sense of relationship, um, trying to find a safe house, trying to express myself fully through my, my art, through my voice, through stating the truth, through knowing what's right. Um, studying the law, <laughs> um, comprehending the hierarchy of law, stepping out of the system, out of the mainstream. Again, um, I just want to refer to uh, Yolanda Norris Clark's words around this because she's written a couple of essays, or at least one that I know of, that's gone viral again because of what's going on across the Atlantic in terms of, in inverted commas, abortion legislation. Um, she's got such a great way as a mother of nine of speaking to how yeah like this isn't about demonizing abortion but abortion absolutely is not a right solution in most of the ways it's just the real the lesser of several evils that women are presented with by the systems that be, the powers that be, the authorities that be, the medical expertise in inverted commas, like really big inverted commas, that be, who are essentially telling her that she's she has no power. She has no power. And the whole legislative legislative argument in America about that is just a complete parody. Like it's comical. It's comical that an authority, if that, if that was happening here, it, God knows there probably are anti-abortion laws in, in Italy. I don't care. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in 
folks getting entangled with an external authority that has nothing to do with their well-being and giving it the authority to make them ill and damage them and torture them and horrifically mutilate them. I have no interest in that at all. That's for other folk. If that they get their kicks from that, they think that's for their own health. That's up to them. And equally for myself in the past, that's what I did. You know, that's what I chose at that time. That seemed like the only option. It didn't... But... I had quite a few years after that where I I proved that wrong and I found better solutions and I found that what was hiding behind those supposed evil options was vast, vast wealth or a vast wealth of treasure, of power, of vitality, of love, of calm, of peace, of symbiosis, of harmony. And really, the whole theatre of abortion and termination of pregnancy and supposedly systems that are supposedly there to look after women, keep women safe, take care of them. Um, the whole mythology around backstreet abortions, and yes, it exists. Yes, there are one, one or two photos of horrendous... <sighs> procedures going wrong by folk who are not equipped to participate in a, a very violent abortion. But these are absolutely symptoms of patriarchy. If women are speaking to women, if womb is speaking to womb, if womb is speaking to mind and to heart, these things are, we know that these things aren't necessary. These kinds of interventions are absolutely not necessary. Not only because a whole body, mind, spirit, a whole woman is very unlikely, like a truly whole healthy woman is very unlikely to get pregnant with an unwanted pregnancy. And I really do mean that across every situation. But, of course, a whole woman does not necessarily live isolated in her own life. There are violent people out there. There are many violent men who violate women. And there most certainly are systems that pertain to be helpful and supportive that are in fact pushing us towards unwanted pregnancies, pushing us into situations where we depend on them, but they're not protecting us and we get pregnant anyway. And the whole thing is weighing so heavily on us that we have no capacity to actually move ourselves and find our right position, our right position for birthing, our right position for conceiving, a right position for gestating. Um, again, fast forwarding to this present moment, um, my want to be, to conceive, to be pregnant has been absolutely hindered by the conditioning, not, not just the conditioning, but the, yeah, it's very complicated, the, the holistic aspect of it. But what I can express is that the limitations that were implemented by the violence of the termination of pregnancy I had in my, in my mid-twenties, my early mid-twenties, has reverberated through my life, but it also, there were other things that reverberated with it and that after it prevented me from vibrating back to my wholeness, vibrating back to core, back to centre, back to womb. 
and even now there are, are moments where I, I doubt myself, I doubt I'm doing the right thing in my life, I doubt, I doubt that my identity is secure and I doubt that I can find the right relationship and right connection and so on and the right way, the way and the right way where we come back to wholeness, rootedness, groundedness identity with Gaia Sophia there's only one way and that just simply isn't the, the way of violence it isn't the way of fear it isn't the way of contraction with medical monsters it isn't externally even um, but our, our, to work our way back to core we maybe have to use various tools along the way and it might be that um, some of us even have to use tools of violence because we don't see any other tools yet but at least if we use that tool of violence if we do use that tool of violence it should be in the only in the most extreme situations when we really don't know any better and this is the anomaly like we should know better like the information is there it has always been there the information has always been there it's in our own body the information is in our own body but if we're looking for it externally if we are begging permission from governments to allow us to violently mutilate ourselves and kill our unborn children, if we are fighting for that right, in inverted commas, in a very small R, very small penciled words, if we're fighting around that and grasping at it and demanding it, like requesting it, I just can't say how wrong that is. You know, I can't say how that it just isn't right. It's not a solution. It's like one of the many violent tools that we have that might be a desperate tool. But if it wasn't there, if it was legislated against, maybe something even better will come through. If a woman knows that she, in quotes, can't have an abortion, yes, a woman who is giving her consent to a system like that, to do that to her, might go down a road where she goes to a backstreet knitting needle dirty bucket of water bullshit scenario it's entirely possible she might choose that but I have faith that we collectively with the way we're connected the way information is flowing even on the censored internet but certainly the way the information is flowing outwardly outside of the internet and so on uh, outside of the mainstream of the internet I have huge faith that humanity it needs this challenge this discourse it needs this radicalization it needs this bringing of the argument to the surface it needs the bringing of these symptoms to the surface in the in the um, psyche of humanity the collective psyche of humanity because only from bringing it all to the surface bringing it out of the dark and out of the occult out of the shame-ridden hidden places only the, then we can actually see that it actually isn't necessary and there are myriad other ways Oh, I can just hear a funny voice coming from somewhere else. I don't know who that is. I think someone's got their phone on somewhere else. Anyway, I'm going to round up here. I'm going to finish off because um, there's a lot more to be said. There's a lot more to unfold about the whole argument that's going on in the collective conscious. But um, suffice to say, I have a a, a lot more <laughs> to, to share and um, lovingly unfold and... 
express with you and I, I also just want to really importantly reach out and say or rather offer an embrace and to say that if anyone has any queries, questions, requests for support, advice, connection, um, pointing in the right direction and so on, please do just ask. I'm so, so happy to share, have a two-way living conversation about pregnancy, about unwanted pregnancy as it's so horribly labelled, about termination of pregnancy even, but also about all the millions of different ways in which we can actually take the reins of the body. Not the reins, because it's not an animal underneath us, our body. Um, we are our body, and ultimately, we should all collectively be wanting and trying to move into wholeness, into symbiotic, loving wholeness, because that's where the healing is, folks. That's where the energy is. That's where the, the gifts are and the freedom and the right path, the right way. You know, rights are a nonsense. This is the thing that men make up and put on paper in order to try and control the whole thing. And all the radical folk who are promoting paperwork to correct statuses and drawing up of contracts and PMAs and all the rest of it. Fuck that man. Fuck that man. Comma, man. Um, women really need to find their own language around this. And they find that by talking to each other. But more than that, by simply listening to their womb, just listening, because the womb is talking all the time. The womb is talking all the time, including conceiving, not conceiving, miscarrying, releasing blood after conception, stillbirth. Everything is the language of the body. And women really need to comprehend that the, we're not passive brains sitting in a body that needs to be commanded and a brain that is reverted authority to something external we we really have to work traveling down self into self into whole greater self and um really discovering even though you know herb lore can be handed down to us shiatsu and acupressure and reflexology can be handed down to us steaming and so on can be handed down to us but really it's only it's only waking up what we already knew and and what we already know is embedded in our not just our cells but it's embedded in our like in our meridians in our in our muscles and in our akashic record in our quantum field in our psychic plane you know, it's, it's embodied in our, our very essence, you know, the parts of us that are deeper than science can really tap into. And unless we're willing to go in that direction and go deeper and deeper and deeper into that connection, then we are going in the other direction, which is being more lost, more distorted, more separated, more divided. Um, so, yeah, I'm here, like many folk, to to co-create, to make things better um, to release ourselves from slavery and to bring in the new world, not the new order, not the new world order, not the new age, but to bring in what's really real and new and beautiful and hasn't been before and will be and um, will be better than anything that has been before. And I know that all of that is possible because I know it's through my body. My body is embodiment of infinite wisdom, as is yours. So... <laughs> 
lots more to share. Um, blessings and love to you and um, looking forward to our co-creation sessions tomorrow and Wednesdays, most Wednesdays, all, all Wednesdays, two co-creation sessions where we're creating together um, online. Contact me directly through my website if you'd like to join us for that. And um, support my work if you'd like to through Patreon and through the Hive, real decentralised social media. And um, yeah, we might be having a rest from our co-creation sessions in August or at least make it going down to one session instead of two. But either way, keep in touch. Eh? And um, yeah, I really look forward to co-creating with you. There's such a lot unfolding and happening in the world right now. And um, these really are the most mystical and fantastic and beautiful and healing times. So yeah, keep in touch. Eh? Blessings and love and all good things to you. Ciao.